1: as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
2: Okay, I've been saving this story until our podcast. I didn't want to tell you this uh, until we were actually doing the podcast. Uh, But something weird happened to me at the grocery store.
0: Yay! The other day. Okay. Here it
2: is. I was at the grocery store, and you know how you, you run into the same people, up and down the aisles you know you, you see him in one aisle and then a couple aisles later you see him again
0: fancy meeting you here yeah yeah
2: <laughs> hey want to dance you know that kind of yeah. thing well there was a lady with uh, with a little girl and she looked to be about maybe three ish mm-hmm. and she kept saying i want fruity pebbles i want fruity pebbles the mother kept saying you're not getting fruity pebbles. I've told you we're not getting fruity pebbles. We're not gonna get sugary cereal a couple aisles later, mm-hmm. pass him again. She's <laughs> Mom, I want fruity pebbles. I want fruity pebbles. And the mother's still like, No, Sarah, we're not getting fruity pebbles. So this happens. I I, I can hear it, you know, in another aisle right. throughout the store several times. During my shopping experience. <laughs> and then, sure enough, I get to the checkout and they're right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And she has this huge cart just full of stuff. A little girl hasn't given up. In fact, she seems more frantic because this is her.
0: She knows it's the last chance. This to is get her the fruity pebbles. Yeah,
2: her, her last ditch effort. So she's like, Mom, I want fruity pebbles. I want fruit. I told you, Sarah, we're not getting fruity pebbles. And the little girl stomps her foot and she puts her hands on her hips and she said, I want fruity pebbles. And if I don't get Fruity Pebbles, I'm telling Granddad, you had dad's pee-pee in your mouth. What? And so the woman turned ashen color and just closed her purse, left all the groceries there.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And just walked out.
0: I mean, she took her child, though, right?
2: She did take the child, okay, yes.
0: Ca- <laughs> I mean, I bet she considered not. <laughs> that is horrifying. <laughs> leaving,
2: yeah. Leave the child there. And so I'm, I'm wondering if she ever did get the fruity pebbles.
0: I, I that is not what I'm wondering at all. That's <laughs> I have concerns and questions, and I, yeah. oh, I don't even know if I like that story. I That's should have a,
2: followed her out into the parking lot and done an in-depth interview. Yeah, you know, <laughs>
0: pardon me, I have some questions.
2: I have a few questions.
0: <laughs> I do. Oh man. Yeah.
2: Apparently, little girl. Walked in on them. Or, oh,
0: that's upsetting. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. Yep. Yeah. No. So
2: that was a fun shopping experience. I'm glad
0: that I'm glad that you've started this episode by making me incredibly uncomfortable. What? <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, All right.
2: Theboxofoddities.com is our website. Our email address is curator at theboxofoddities dot com Mm -hmm. we would love to hear from you we're starting to get emails from all over the place which is exciting to us
0: yeah i'm so upset (laughs) you're still you're still upset
2: upset about that story (laughs) you should have seen the color drain out of her face i would imagine yeah
0: no that's awful um yeah the box (laughs) of oddities dot com
2: i knocked you off your game didn't
0: i (laughs) you sure did you sure did um yeah, what was the, the thing you said uh, yesterday? I think we had a, a new listener from...
2: Oh, um, Malaysia?
0: Yeah, that's cool.
2: We got a couple of downloads from Malaysia Which
0: is week. awesome. Yeah. And very exciting. And
2: uh, Indonesia as well. I'm waiting for Papua New Guinea because those are your cannibal ancestors. I don't
0: know why you feel the need to keep bringing that up.
2: Because it's great. I love the <laughs> fact that I'm married great. to the ancestor of a cannibal.
0: I mean, you're probably the ancestor of a cannibal at some point. You just don't know it. That could be. I just, you know, you don't have the DNA to back it up. Maybe uh, it's even closer than you think. Maybe, you know, that missing cousin of yours was eaten was, by, yeah.
2: by another cousin? Yeah. It <laughs> happens. Know, it happens.
0: You know, you get you, Maine woods get cold. We live in Maine, by the way, uh, right, right near to Bangor.
2: And uh, oftentimes we have to kill and eat our relatives to survive. <laughs> It happens.
0: <laughs> the winters here are long and cold. They're
2: brutal. <laughs> um, okay, so you got a story for me. What do you got?
0: Yes. Okay. This is, well, I'm not going to preamble. We're just going to get into it. Just going to launch in. Uh, Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a huge figure of the 19th century and a big personality. She had a voracious fervor for foods and life and had uh, wanted to learn new things. And she had very specific demands about parts of her life and parts of her death. Uh, She died at the age of 81, and she left a secret detailed instruction list on how to handle her body, what items were to be placed in her coffin. It was 12 pages long. She was the Queen of England. She was specific. At the time of her death, Queen Victoria was Britain's longest reigning monarch. She'd lived a life full of responsibilities, loves, and intrigues, and uh, some of those things did not meet with her family's approval. You know, you've heard about how there were some instances where her family was like, you cannot do this as the queen of England. And she's like, I will do what I want. Mm. I am the queen of England. Boom. Um, When it came time for her to make her final arrangements, she knew uh, her wishes would require an element of secrecy in order that they be observed. Chief among those carefully kept secrets were some things that we're going to discuss today. Her keeper of secrets was Sir James Reed. He was her primary physician for the last 15 years of her life, and she uh, she had given him this list, and he was the only one that was to see it. Other people would be involved in the carrying out of the instructions, but he was the only one to see this list. And the list still exists, by the way. Uh, It is held in the possession of Sir James' descendants as part of his personal papers collection, and the royal family is actually still mad about it. Really? Uh, The late Princess Margaret is said to have publicly confronted members of his family, accusing them of, quote, having something that belongs to us, give it back. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But that came to no avail, and the list remains still in the Reed Archive. So Queen Victoria died on the 22nd of January, 1901— And the funeral, the the state funeral, was at St. George's Chapel on the 2nd of February. After the funeral, her coffin lay in state at the Albert Memorial Chapel for two days and then was taken to the mausoleum by the Royal Horse Artillery. And then in a letter to the Times, those in charge of her funeral procession shared that the Royal Horse Artillery had been unable to draw the gun carriage because it was so heavy, her coffin so filled with baubles, That uh, the Royal Navy had taken over with the tasks within moments. One of the first strange items on Victoria's list of burial instructions was a plaster cast of Prince Albert's hand. Made shortly after his death. So Albert had died unexpectedly at the age of 42, and she was devastated and she mourned him for like 40 years. She worshiped her dear departed husband. And so she had busts made and casts of his body, uh, various parts of his body. Really? How many, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the cast of his hand was to be buried with her holding on to her hand. Aww. Yeah.
2: That's kind of sweet. She
0: also insisted that she be buried wearing her white bridal veil, which was worn at her wedding to Prince Albert in February of 1840. This is a fun side note. It was actually Victoria who started the tradition of wearing white wedding gowns. Uh, It came from wanting to stress her interest in economy and partly as a symbol of her purity. Uh, Both she and Albert uh, were reportedly virgins on their wedding night. And uh, though today, Victoria kind of has a reputation for prudishness it was that was not the case once the wedding night came and went uh, she was busy and she prioritized (laughs) her physical relationship with albert and oh also albert was apparently even somewhat overwhelmed by her enthusiasm and was known to lock her out of the bedroom for a break
2: really yeah I had no idea. What a saucy... Minx? Minx. Oh, yeah. Royal minx.
0: Um, And because Victoria was used to getting what she wanted, she would not have that. She would literally bang on the door shouting, let me in, I am the queen, (laughs) until he would open it. Um, And then uh, when she was in the ninth pregnancy... Uh, when her doctor said, "You know, this should be your last pregnancy, you you' you you should be done with with birthing. This is tough on your body, babe., uh, she reportedly said, "What? Am I to have no more fun in bed?" She, yeah. Um and she was also very sentimental amid the variety of uh flowers and other things buried with her um she wanted fresh hyacinths in her casket uh that came from a specific place where they used to go to vacation that though might have been in part to florally Cover some of the other things that were stashed in her coffin. Oh,
2: did she? Did she? Was she buried with like a nineteenth-century dildo?
0: No, no. Uh,
2: well, why would she?
0: You because we launched from her being yeah. a sex fiend into the things hiding moving?
2: things under hyacinths, right?
0: <laughs> She had rings on all of her fingers when she was buried, uh, but on her left hand, uh, on her wedding finger, or on her ring finger, she wore her wedding ring um, you know, from Albert. Uh, but on her right hand, on her ring finger, she wore a ring given to her by Halafa. Uh-oh. Yes, after Uh-oh. Albert passed, uh, she took a lover, uh, John Brown, and they were. It, uh, their relationship was um, highly uh, disapproved of by the royal family, and it and the nature exactly of their relationship isn't known. But
2: it, as you mentioned earlier, the Victorian period, which was named after Queen Victoria, is mm-hmm. known for being prudish right. and sexually repressive Mm -hmm. so she was having all the fun she wanted but no one else could
0: well i mean maybe they did it just you know they kept it quiet and because she was the queen everything was reported and scandalized and probably made bigger and sexier than than it really was i don't know I do know that she was buried clutching John Brown's photo and a lock of his hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is where strategically placed were the hyacinths. Oh, I see. By the way. Okay. Um, her coffin, custom designed and enormous, was nearly filled to the brim before her body was placed inside. A layer of charcoal was placed inside at the very bottom. That was standard procedure during these days. Uh, Before modern embalming and was designed to keep down the odors and wetness that comes from, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know,
2: bits. Yeah. Coffins in those days were basically big kitty litter boxes before the (laughs) embalming, uh, pre-Civil War.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Because as the body decomposes, things start to melt a little. Among the contents of the coffin were also sentimental mementos, uh, shawls, books, bracelets, lockets, um, rings, as I mentioned, on every finger, bracelets on both wrists, pendants, also a heavily ornately embroidered man's cloak which belonged to Prince Albert that was sewn and embroidered by the couple's daughter, Princess Alice. And Alice was the first of their children to pass. So it was thought that that was a memento for both Albert and Alice that she wanted to be buried with. It was kind of sweet because it was always worn by Prince Albert with pride and it was Mm. kind of nice. Um, She also had rules about who And how her body would be buried, like, specifically, like, how it would be laid to rest. Once her doctor and secretary placed most of the numerous sentimental items in the coffin, certain family members and servants were gathered to move her body. um, And it was instructed that lifting her head would be the doctor and female secretary slash lady-in-waiting. Lifting along one side of her body were her son and heir, the new king, Edward the Seventh, uh, and her grandson, uh, German Kaiser Wilhelm II, and another of her sons, Arthur, uh, Arthur Duke of...
2: Earl. Duke.
0: Connaught Conant. Connigget. Conna- Conna- Uh, I don't know. Lifting on the other side of her body were her three most devout servants. So she had specific people who were to be holding certain parts of her body. She thought of
2: every detail.
0: She really did. That's why that list was twelve pages long. Um, And some of the uh, the items were rearranged after she was placed, like buried. You know, she had to be. What's the word that I'm looking for? Things were zhuzhed. So she was placed in the coffin, and before it was closed for the final time, her hair was zhuzhed, and her veil was zhuzhed, and she was uh, made to look just so.
2: She was fluffed.
0: Oh, fluffing's not a word that we want to use, right? Because, I mean, isn't that what they do? Like, isn't that when, like in the porns? like, in Like when you're in a... But like well, you're pretending fluffing.
2: like you don't know. You're the one that told me about fluffing.
0: I'm just saying I probably shouldn't call it fluffing. <laughs> that's that's what they do before a porn. Um
2: I just call it windmilling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is, that, is that how you get ready? Um that's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, maybe for ooh, some ooh, people. Ooh, huh? ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, we got off track there. Any hoozle? Anyway, lots of stuff in that coffin.
2: Yeah. Um so getting back to her voracious sexual appetite. <laughs> you know, because it's 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 funny that Last week, you talked about uh, how Dolly Madison was a whore. I
0: never said that. Well, You know I don't like the word whore anyway. It implies that there's something negative about having a sexual I'm, fervor, and I'm, I don't believe that that's I'm true. celebrating I whorness. I say sleep around.
2: Okay, fine. Whatever. This week, you're talking about uh, Queen Victoria and her voracious sexual appetite uh-huh. and how she just wouldn't leave... Prince Albert alone. She
0: was a fan of carnal pleasure.
2: I wonder if she ever had Prince Albert in the can.
0: I I genuinely don't know what that means.
2: I wonder if Prince Albert had her in the can.
0: Like if they were members of the Mile High Club? <laughs> What's the can? Oh! <laughs> Okay, I see what you're getting you at. You okay? I okay. I see which uh, angle sure. you're coming from. Yeah,
2: right. <clears throat> yeah so Prince Albert um, <laughs> led a haggard royal life.
0: Yeah, he was exhausted. I mean, he died at 42. That's probably <laughs> why. He was yep.
2: tired. Just worn right out.
0: I, just, <laughs> I think that we're probably breaking some sort of rule uh, by discussing this Um at, oh, crap. At these links. Oh,
2: crap. I just thought of something. Oh, yeah? We've been getting a lot of downloads from the UK.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. Um, no offense. Meant.
0: Yeah. No, I mean.
2: Yeah. I mean, we called Dolly Madison a whore, so.
0: <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did find, however, a journal entry that details their first night together, Victoria really? and Alberts.
2: Really? Was she left? Spent, spent smoking, smoking like, like a, a shotgun, shotgun shell, shell in, in the, the sand. sand. Which is one of my favorite <laughs> lines from a porn novel that someone told me about.
0: A porn novel? Mm. My goodness. Well, um, all I can say is that it included a lot of exclamation points.
2: Okay. Exclamation points.
0: Mm-hmm. So most of uh, what we talked about today
1: yeah.
0: uh, comes from Rancor. But I did find an article on uh, the Daily Beast, and <laughs> I just love this line. Historians have long acknowledged that Victoria had a high libido. Some have implied she was some kind of sexual predator who had devoured a tolerant but exhausted husband. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's the story of Queen Victoria's coffin and... Uh, Sex life, I guess. (laughs) Hope you liked it.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. Long live the queen. The box of oddities. It's not for everyone.
2: We should probably move right on to that thing in the middle. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. This week's strange and unusual epitaphs found on tombstones throughout this great land of ours. Number five, written on the top of the pedestal in very, very small print. It says, if you can read this, you're standing on my boobs.
0: (laughs) You have to wonder if this was something that they wanted or did the family just decide (laughs) like, hey, she'd like this. Number four, Catherine Brown and Sterling Brown buried together. Their tombstone states, we finally found a place to park in Georgetown. (laughs) A
2: lady named Lola, her epitaph says, simply, oh well, whatever.
0: Number two, Kay, apparently famous for her fudge, has the recipe for her fudge on her gravestone.
2: I was going to use that one. Two squares, chocolate, one tablespoon butter, melt on low heat, stir in one cup. Yeah, she had her entire famous fudge recipe chiseled into the back of her tombstone. God bless her. And number one, raised four beautiful daughters with only one bathroom. And still there was love. That was beautiful. Hey, this one's not funny, but it's poignant. I'll throw this in as a, a bonus at the end. It's a person who, uh, who died in 1988. It just says, a gay Vietnam veteran. And the epitaph says, when I was in the military, they gave me a medal for killing two men. Then they just discharged me for loving one.
1: The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth.
2: Okay, so I got, we got an email at curator at theboxofoddities.com, and a lady named Pam from Idaho said, You should do an episode on Stalin's ape-man army. Look it up. So I did, and apparently in the 20s, Joseph Stalin commissioned a, a scientist to create a hybrid human chimpanzee.
0: Wait, ape-man?
2: A real ape man.
0: I thought you said ape man army, like mm. as in more than seven.
2: No, ape man. What? Yeah.
0: Tell me more.
2: Well, I will. And the interesting thing is, and maybe maybe this is what made her think of suggesting it, there was an article that came out recently, at least at the time of this recording, uh, was in uh, February of 2018, a few months ago, our time. A very respected biologist says that he believes beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was at one time a successful hybrid and i'll get into that in a moment but here's here's the history of what they call the human z according to wikipedia there has been no scientifically verified specimens of human chimp hybrids but there have been substantiated reports of unsuccessful attempts Ilya Ionovich Ivanov was the first person to attempt to create a human-chimp hybrid by artificial insemination in the 1920s. It was part of Joseph Stalin's plan to come up with a, um, a superior ape-man army. You look horrified. I am. Ivanov outlined his idea as early as 1910 in a presentation to the World Congress of Zoologists in Graz. Uh, In the 1920s, Ivanov carried out a series of experiments working with human sperm and female chimpanzees, but he failed to achieve a pregnancy. In 1929, he organized a set of experiments involving, we want to go the other way, non-human ape sperm with human volunteers. Mm -mm. And apparently people were lining up for that. Mm -mm. There were women going, yeah, I'll do that. But the government um, never approved it. The next year, uh, he fell under political criticism from the Soviet government and huh. was sentenced to exile. Uh, he worked in uh, a veterinary zoo, zoo technical institute and died of a stroke two years later. This,
0: you know, this sounds like the uh, plot of an Avengers movie. Like uh, we have to stop the human ape man guy. Like. Uh, you remember Wonder Woman and the plot the Germans with the gas and yes, stuff? Yeah. Only mm-hmm. instead of gas, it's human ape breeding.
2: Hybrids. Uh, human Z's.
0: That is catchy though. Human Z, the third album from Lion to the Dying.
2: <laughs> There's a four episode callback joke. Wow. Um, Now, in the 1980s, there were reports of an experiment in human chimpanzee uh, crossbreeding conducted by the People's Republic of China in 1967. The report came out in the 1980s, but allegedly the crossbreeding experiment took place in
0: 1967.
2: Okay. In 1981, Zhi Yongzhang, head of a hospital in uh, some city in China, I can't pronounce, Mm -hmm. was reported as claiming to have been part of of a 1967 experiment in which a chimpanzee female had been successfully impregnated with human sperm. Oh. According to this account, the experiment came to nothing because it was cut short by the Cultural Revolution. The so resp- what
0: does that mean, it was cut short?
2: Well, the Cultural Revolution happened then, and because of that, the experiment uh, was was cut short. According to uh, Timothy McNulty of Chicago Tribune, the report was based on an article in a uh, Chinese newspaper. And apparently the scientists were sent off to a labor farm and the pregnant chimpanzee died from neglect.
0: Oh my God, that's awful. I hate that story.
2: Now in the 1970s, there was a performing chimp named Oliver and he was promoted as a human Z. He walked upright. Mm -hmm. He was a bald chimp. He was extremely advanced as far as communicative skills, mm-hmm. Communi- as far as communicating with humans.
0: More than us.
2: <laughs> I talk good times.
0: <laughs>
2: he had freckles. His ear shape was identical to humans.
0: As Which I, humans, though? Because, you know, well, your ears and my ears look very different.
2: Sure. His uh, cranial morphology was similar to... Uh, a human of course the baldness so he 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 looked more human than a than a chimpanzee normally mm. does and and as i said he he just walked upright on his own he wasn't trained to do that that's just something that he did so they did some uh, testing on him and they determined with this case beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was chimpanzee there was no human dna
0: I have a question He had
2: 48 chromosomes as opposed to 47
0: Okay so um he said that he just walked upright on his own, uh, but he was a performing chimp. So how do we know that? That's how? How would we even yeah, know that?
2: There's a lot of unanswered questions yeah. there. Okay. But it really, because of Oliver, it uh, created a a real fervor mm-hmm. at the time about all of these experiments that took place in the uh, in the tw- in the 10s and 20s, the 1900s.
0: This is too much monkey business for me. <laughs>
2: Now, let's bring the story up to date. Renowned evolutionary psychologist Gordon Gallup. Are you familiar with the self-recognition tests that they pioneered where they put mirrors in front of monkeys and monkeys could recognize that it wasn't another monkey? They knew it was themselves. He pioneered that. Okay. He's a very, very respected um, person in his field. He teaches at the University of Albany. He says... That a human z was born in an American lab nearly 100 years ago, before it was killed by panicked doctors. Aww. Now this is an uh, according to the Daily Mail. He told. Mm. All right, I have a different source for you. How about this? I fucking love science. <gasps> I'm pulling from two articles here. Okay. This comes from the Mail article. He told newspapers that his former university professor claimed the human Z baby was born at a research facility where he used to work. Now, according to Gallup, his former professor that told him this Uh is a highly respected or was a highly respected man in his field as well, too. Very credible. Gallup, who is a University of Albany professor, told the newspaper that the professor worked at Yerkes before the research center moved to Emory University in Atlanta in 1930. One of the most interesting cases involved an attempt, which was made back in the 1920s, in what was the first primate research center established in the U.S. in Orange Park, Florida.
0: Okay. Um, I'm just going to pause you for just a moment. Just pause the game. Um, I want to officially state that, you don't do that. Uh, research facilities uh, are gross. Okay, please continue.
2: They inseminated a female chimpanzee with, with human semen from an undisclosed donor.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, nobody wants to take credit for that. And claimed not only that the pregnancy occurred, but that the pregnancy went full term and resulted in a live birth. Mm-hmm. But in a matter of days or just a few weeks, they began to consider the moral and ethical considerations, and the infant was uh, euthanized.
0: Okay, gross. You should consider those things before you start messing around with that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, one would think like,
0: Like, you don't just, like, see if we can do it and then deal with it. You think about things before you create life and then murder it.
2: Now, Gallup invented the term human Z. So upset. To describe Oliver, that chimp from the 70s. Poor monkeys. Of course, there there's no evidence of this having taken place. Mm-hmm. And according to uh, IFL Science, Gallup has also come up with other questionable ideas, suggesting in another article that, quote, blowjobs are, are a cure for morning sickness.
0: That sounds like a, an article the man would write. Yep. That <laughs>
2: <Yeah.
0: laughs> sounds... <laughs> <laughs> oh like, you're not feeling good huh yeah. I gotta cure for that <laughs>
2: I'm looking at that story. I clicked on that link, and I'm looking at that story, and uh, yeah, he that's what he claims. I'm not going to go into the details and why he believes that to be true, but I think
0: we know why mm, he believes it to be true
2: but the end of it, the end of the article the uh the author of the article says, "I'm sure this will make future daddies happy, but uh there's no scientific evidence to prove that that's the case. any hoozle. Nope. he has made some controversial statements <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
2: Blow jobs are a cure for morning sickness, and uh, there's a chimp-human hybrid out there somewhere, or was at one point. So, I mean, you know, you could take it for what it's worth. It's interesting. And and the fact is that there have been these exper- experiments. Whether or not they've come to fruition is – oh, wait a second. I just got a. we got another email. Where did this one come from? Take Seattle. Off. Hey, Seattle, what's up? But here's what I was thinking about the uh, the ape-man army thing. Yeah. This was in in Russia. He was exiled to a northern region. Sure. What if he continued his experiments? Mm-hmm. And some of them got loose and went oh, across I see
0: where you're going with went
2: across the top of the Soviet Union
0: mm-hmm.
2: and migrated into uh-huh. the Pacific Northwest and their bigfoots. Yep. Their yes. sasquatches. that would answer all my questions.: Could it be?: Ancient alien theorists, <laughs> theorists say, say yes. yes.
0: Yeah, I should have known immediately when you said, we're going to talk about monkeys, that that was going to launch right into to the, uh, Actually, the that's, Yeti. Actually,
2: that's a stupid idea, you know, because we all know that Sasquatch, Bigfoot are interdimensional creatures.
0: We all know that. Uh-huh.
2: Theboxofoddities.com. That's our website.
0: That's fun.
2: What, the ape-chimp hybrid yeah.
0: thing? Yeah. I haven't moved on from that yet. Yeah. I'm, st- no, I'm still no. absorbing it. I don't
2: think it's much fun for the chimp.
0: No, uh, yeah, I maybe, mean... Maybe for the male sperm w- Once dinner, again, but... to state, cat is anti-monkey research center. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Like, all the time, 100% not cool. Stop that.
2: By saying that, you're implying that I'm pro-monkey research center? Because no, no, I'm not.
0: I didn't say that.
2: I've always wanted my own monkey. I wanted a monkey when I was a child. I wanted to teach him how to play baseball.
0: I think there's a movie about that starring Matt LeBlanc. Oh.
2: Dunstan Strikes Out. That's one of my favorite Matt LeBlanc vehicles.
0: <laughs> I, I've had a brass monkey.
2: That's a drink, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. It's something to do with a 40. I I, I don't know. Beastie Boys song. Yeah. Good times. Well, this derailed. Okay, the box this went straight down the shape.
2: The box of oddities.com <laughs> is our website, the email address, curator at the box of We would love to hear from you.
0: Yes, please. Also, you can find us on the social medias
2: or as you like to call it the meds.
0: I don't think I've ever called it that, but you keep saying that I call it that. So that's fine. No, you did. Fine. You
2: called it that in episode 4.
0: No, I call it the smms. <laughs> Is that that's what you That's how it? much I abbreviate. Wow, it. It was just that's a how smith. cool I am. Smooth, sm- 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 sm-
2: Anyhow, we'll see you next time.
0: Keep waving that freak flag. Fly it high.
1: <laughs> and so Let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those whom I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.
2: History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.